Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. Diogo, are you set to dive into a recap of Milano's season? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Milan was a fun team to, to cover this year for sure. So we're going to have a lot to talk about it for sure. Let's go. We are now down to the final seven teams in our series of breakdowns and we have exciting times ahead. Just a heads up, we will continue to release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Mark your calendars and stay tuned. But uh, there's more. Once we are done with this series, we will kick off a special edition where we will be previewing and covering the World Cup, giving you all the juicy details you need to know about the competition from previewing it, letting you know what to expect and covering all the action of what happens during the, the World Cup that is about to start. Now let's uh, take a trip to Italy and focus our attention on Milano. This uh, incredible Italian team achieved a historic milestone by clinching the EuroLeague title for the first time in 66, but uh, Milano didn't stop there. They continue to shine in the EuroLeague and they secured additional titles and back-to-back titles in 87 and 88. Throughout their journey, Milano has the home to some true legends of the game. Players like Bodiroga have graced their roster uh, with uh, their presence. They have left an impact on the history of this club and on the history of the, the EuroLeague and the European basketball. These greats have contributed to the legacy of this team. And in 2019, Milano made a strategic move to further bluster their success. They hired the esteemed head coach, Ettore Messina, with the aim of reclaiming their former glory. And uh, allow me to say that the future looks promising for this Milano team and we expect them to be competing again for EuroLeague titles moving forward. It was under Coach Messina that Milano went into this season. They ended in the 12th place and just like uh, you heard us talking about Red Star in their special episode breaking down their team, we were referring to Campazzo back then and it was the arrival of uh, Chabaz Napier that unlocked this team and uh, made it uh, at one point one of the hottest teams in the competition and maybe the team playing the best basketball in the continent during that stretch making us feel that uh, the impossible was almost possible and uh, made their fans dream about the playoff spot where they would have been an extremely competitive and hard to beat team if they had reached there but they fell short they ended in 12th place this Milan roster was very consistent defensively allowing the third fewest points per game of all the competition but their offense was the second worst of all the competition in both points scored and uh, also in terms of offensive rating this changed and they started to be able to compete offensively with uh, other teams once they had an appear and it was after his arrival that we saw this change of scenario his playmaking and shot creation ability were absolutely crucial for the team to unlock their offensive power they went on an impressive 8-1 run to make them look extremely competitive and make them look as one of the best teams in the EuroLeague during that run Duke besides Napier what I am sure that you will get to him as well. What were the main keys of this Milano team during this edition of the EuroLeague? Well, I mean, when you talk about keys to to Milano team, I think Napier is the key, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to get to him uh, a bit further along the way. Uh, to start off, uh, I think once uh, when it was preseason, uh, like before the season started, uh, obviously Milan was already a playoff team from the, the season before. 
And uh, when they announced uh, Pengos and Voigtman, uh, it was literally at the same time they announced both players. I was like, man, this team could really do some damage. Like they can go from playoff team to, to real contenders. And uh, I I was very high on them to start the season. I definitely had them as a playoff team for sure. And then the year started and they started so slow. And like you said, defensively, they were always very consistent and a very good defensive team. But offensively, like, it was just painful to watch, man. Like, they, they played slow, they, they didn't shoot enough, and they was getting zero productivity uh, on the offensive end. Uh, and then uh, when we said that they need, we talked about this a lot on the podcast, that they needed a, an explosive guy to, to really break defenses and to allow, to, to unlock the, that offense. And Napier was, was the perfect guy for it. Like as soon as he came in, I think they won like eight straight, if I remember correctly. And it, it was night and day. Like their offense became so good with him uh, attacking the, the paint and kicking it out, with him scoring the ball. Like he was so good for them. Uh, so obviously Milano had a, a big turnaround this year. They started off so bad and ended up and ended the season on such a high note that they were a threat to make the playoffs even after that terrible start. So it, it was a, a very up and down season for them. So if they can keep their core guys and and add one or two pieces, like at the moment we're recording this, uh, they are the, the favorites to sign Mirotic. So obviously that would be a, a, a big signing and they, their team would improve drastically. So we'll see what happens there. But but I think they are a, a legit playoff team for next season, in my opinion. We also know that they are adding players like Amagate the, that will be under the wing of uh, Kyle Hines and uh, he couldn't be under a better player to, to teach him uh, everything he needs to know about being successful at the highest level. I do agree with you. If they are able to pick up where they left in the end of this EuroLeague season and build from there, I think Milan will be a serious playoff contender and with a legit Final Four and contending for a title aspirations. We are hearing about some incredible teams and incredible ads. It's always like this at this time of the season, but we do believe that after the best season ever of the EuroLeague, we might be seeing teams getting ready to add to it and we will have even more the group at the top getting stronger and bigger. And this Milano team is a serious contender to be there and to fight to be there and they seem to be getting ready to make serious additions. And before we start the EuroLeague, we will be previewing all the teams including Milano. We will be talking about about all of those additions, looking forward to see what this Milano team will look like and if they are able to build on where they left in the end of last season. But let's now talk about the five players we consider as the key pieces of this uh, Milano roster, not uh, without acknowledging names like Shavon Chills, Kevin Pangus, Kyle Hines, Devon Hall, Timothy Wakabro, Stefano Tunut, Mitro Long, Deshaun Thomas, Luigi D'Antome, Gianpaolo Ricci, a really deep roster filled with talent and uh, high-level players. As we always do on these episodes, we will start with the player that for us was the most important for this Milano team. And uh, that's, as we have hinted before, Chabaz Napier. Despite playing only 12 games with the team this season, the 6-1 Puerto Rican guard shown that uh, he was the key to elevate this team to another level, ending the season with 15 points, 3.9 assists, 1.8 rebounds, 1.1 steals per game in the only 24 minutes 
minutes. The 31-years-old guard was on his first season in the EuroLeague. And at the time of recording this podcast, his continuity with Milano and in the EuroLeague is still not assured for next season. There are the interests of several teams and um, Milano is certainly one of them that want to continue with the, the guard for next season and build from where they left. Would you like to see Napier returning for the next edition of the EuroLeague? Uh, well, before I get into Napier, let me just uh, make a quick reference. Uh, one of the guys you mentioned, uh, Gigi Latome, uh, he announced he would be retiring from basketball. So I just want to give a, a shout out to him and congrats on a, on a great career. Uh, and now getting back to, to the, their MVP, Shabazz Napier. Um, obviously, I would love for him to be back with Milano because I think they, looking at the second half of the season when he came in, they can really look at, at that part of the season and they have the formula to, to be a contender for next year. And if they keep him and somehow are able to add Miritich, like I think sky's the limit for that team because his ability to, to be a leader offensively whether it's scoring the ball or passing it like he made every everybody better once he got there so I think he has that ability he's a very good playmaker he's explosive so I think it would be very good for him and for Milano if they were able to, to stick together because I think they have a, a real shot at being a playoff team and possibly making the final four if they keep him so we'll see what happens but absolutely I would love it. after talking about the MVP we look into the other four crucial players within this roster we will be talking about Brand on Davis, Nicolo Melli, Billy Barron and Voigtman. We start with the 6'10 American big man Brandon Davis that at age 31 was on his 6th EuroLeague season starting in 2017 with Jalgiris, the team with whom he played for the first two seasons after that he headed to Barcelona where he played for three seasons and this was his first season representing Milano Davis played in 33 games starting 13 of them, playing an average of 20 minutes per game recording 10.2 points, 3 0.2 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 0.6 steals and 0.3 blocks per game right on his career averages. Davis was nominated for the All-Euroleague first team in the 2018-2019 and was All-Euroleague second team player in the season of 2020-2021. He is a well-known player and a high-level player in the Euroleague. Would you say that this is what we can expect from Davis? What would you like to highlight from the season that he had with Milano and what what can we expect from him on the following season with Valencia? Well, I think um, his role in Milano wasn't really like uh, super um, consistent because obviously they have uh, Melly and Kyle Hines and sometimes um, Datome playing the four so and, and Voigtman. So it was a bit crowded in, in those positions. But uh, I think he's a, he's a good EuroLeague big. He's mobile for, for the big man. He's got a long wingspan. He's athletic. So I think he can be a, a very good piece to any EuroLeague team. Uh, I expect him to have a, a much better season next year with Valencia. Uh, I expect him to have a, a bigger role uh, with Valencia losing Dublevich and uh, possibly uh, Rivero. So I think Davis can have a, a nice role in there. Uh, so I'm expecting a, a much better season from him and especially uh, a more consistent season. I think he can shoot, but he's not really consistent uh, shooting the ball. So if he could bring that to, to Valencia, I think he can make them uh, a much better team. So I'm expecting nice things from him next year. I am curious to see how Valencia will be playing, if they will keep a similar game style and how he will fit there. I do think he has the talent to add and I do agree with you that he will have a bigger role. I'm just curious to see how he will fit and he will be adding to that Valencia roster that uh, after being almost out of 
the EuroLeague will be able to continue in the EuroLeague and uh, we will be happy to, to continue to see Brandon Davis as a EuroLeague player on the, the next season. But let's continue talking about Milano and let's change our focus to the 32 years old 6'9 Italian player Nicolo Melli. Melli, despite spending some time overseas in the NBA, he's already on his 11th EuroLeague season playing for teams like Fenerbahce but playing mostly for Milano with this being his 7th season with the club after having his first 5 seasons in the competition playing for Milano as well. This season Melli played 32 games starting 31 of them being a crucial piece for Messina's game plan and rotation. He averaged 24 minutes per game and recorded 7.9 points, 5.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1 steals, 0.3 blocks per game. Melli is an extremely complete and uh, special player besides he having uh, all EuroLeague teams uh, nomination in 2017. He has as records 28 points uh, playing for Fenerbahce against Real Madrid. His records of rebounds is 14 playing for Bambaer against Maccabi. His record for assists is 10 also playing for Bambaer against Maccabi. He has record 6 steals in a game. He has record 4 blocks in a game. What makes of Melli such a special player that is able to contribute and to impact so much the game of basketball? Well, I just think he's IQ. Like, that's the biggest thing about his game. Uh, he's such a smart player. He can play either a four or a five. Uh, he can shoot. He, he's a, I, I'm not going to say a good shooter. I'm going to say an elite shooter, uh, especially for the position. Um, he's a very good passer, high IQ, like I said. So obviously he's a, a great EuroLeague player due to his experience and especially his IQ. Like uh, I'm really, uh, I'm a big fan of Melly. And if they can add Miritich and have those two guys playing together, like I think that's going to be amazing to see. When you have a four and a five that both are elite three-point shooters, both are high IQ players, I think that's going to be amazing to see. So, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Melly and hopefully uh, Milano can put a, a better product, uh, a better, not a better product, like a similar product to what they did the second half of the season and just be consistent throughout the year so and I think Melly is a big part of that for sure I really love his game what do you make of a front court of uh, Mirotic Melly Heinz and Kamagate they have rim protection they have mobility they have shooting they have everything how dangerous do you think that this front court can be at the early level I think that they possibly will be I'm not going to say the front court because that also includes the the small forward position but in terms of just fours and fives I think they will probably be the, the strongest team in EuroLeague, for sure. Like, when you have that, uh, that those type of guys, like two shooters and two strong dudes that, that are dominating inside, even though Heinz is not the biggest of dudes in terms of uh, height, he's so strong and so dominant inside, especially defensively. So I think they could have uh, great mixes and matches. Like, they can play two shooters, they can play two uh, inside players, they can play a shooter and an inside player. Like, they can have so many different combinations and all of them are elite at the EuroLeague level. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see it because it's going to be very good to see. And for today's game, uh, with all the three-point shots and the fast pace, to be able to have uh, a team with this, these guys uh, as bigs, to be dominant per se. I think it's very fun to see like uh, going against the rule uh, if you can say that. So I, I think it's going to be fun. There will be a nightmare to match up against because they have low threats with Kamagate. They have great rim protection. They have extremely high IQ defenders. They have shooting. They have players able to, to create their own shot on Mirotic. It will be an incredible to watch and there will be a nightmare if uh, we have confirmation that Mirotic will be joining Milano and at this moment it seems like 
likely, but uh, it's a very fluid situation that we'll keep tracking and we will keep you guys up to date while we record our next uh, episodes. Next on the docket, we have Billy Barron, the 6'2", 32 years old American guard. Barron was on his fourth EuroLeague season, his first with Milano, playing 30 games this season and starting 16 of them. In uh, 24 minutes per game, Barron averaged 11 points, 2.4 rebounds, 2.1 assists and 0.6 steals. Duke, take the floor and break down Billy Barron for our listeners. Well, Billy Barron is just an amazing shooter, like uh, mid-range threes. He, he can shoot, he can shoot off the dribble. Uh, I think he can shoot off the pick and roll, like if somebody goes under or if the, the big man doesn't show himself enough. Uh, if they play a drop coverage, uh, I think he's a, a big threat. Uh, anything regarding shooting, he's amazing at it. Uh, he's a good scorer overall. Uh, I would like to see him be uh, a better playmaker in terms of being able to facilitate for others as well. Uh, even though he's not a point guard, uh, he, when Pangos was injured, and when Pangos was injured, um, he, he kind of had to have the ball in his hands a bit more. And I think he, I would like to see him be a better facilitator. And I think he has the tools to add that to his game. So that's really it. I think he's a great option. When you have a, a, a good point guard that makes everybody better, it's always important to have a great shooter. And I think Billy Barron can be that guy for a guy like Napier or Pangush, whoever the point guard is. I think he, he's a great shooting guard to have next to him. Yeah, that's the reason why he, for us, is one of the key players. Besides having the statistical case, his shooting was a big part of unlocking this uh, Milano's offense and making them perform when they were their best. Billy Barron was a big part of it. And that's why he, for us, is one of the key players and one of the, the top five players of this Milano team. Now we move on to the last player we will be breaking down. And despite this one not having one of the best statistical seasons within the Milano roster, we decided to end our players breakdown with Jonas Voitman, the 6'11", 30 years old Ger German big man. He was an indicator and he personified the highs and lows of this uh, Milano season. Good Voitman meant many times uh, good Milano for most of the season making him a key and a crucial player of this roster for this roster. Voitman was on his seventh EuroLeague season, his first with Milano after starting his EuroLeague career with Pasconia, where he played for three seasons. He played 30 games this season, starting 15 of them, averaging 15.7 minutes per game. He recorded 4.9 points, 4 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.4 steals and 0.3 blocks. Duke, what made the former EuroCup winner in 2016 such a key player for this Milano team? Well, I think uh, in any team that he's on... I think he's always going to be a key player because he's able to do so much. And as a four with great size that he has, uh, he can come outside and shoot three. Um, he can drive uh, attacking closeouts. Um, I think he's a very high IQ player. And again, like I mentioned before, when I saw that Milan was going to add him and Pangush, I was so high on this team. Uh, I really thought they were going to do great things. Like you like you mentioned, uh, Volkman personified um, the ups and downs uh, of Milano because when he was good and playing to his standards, I think Milano was able to, pl to play much better and have a much better product, product on the floor. And when he was struggling, and that was more in the beginning of the season, Milano was struggling a lot. So that obviously he is very important to, to that team because he can do so much and that's really it I, I saw him playing the three this year uh, at first and I really I didn't like that at all because he's perfect as a stretch four because he can shoot so well and but obviously adding a dynamic point guard like Napier um, unlocked that whole offense and Voigtman included so he was a key because he's the guy that can benefit the most out of having a point guard like Napier. So that whole situation just needed to be unlocked and mid-season they added Napier and they did just that. So obviously he, he is a very good player and he, he should be much more consistent next year. 
So we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm a big fan of Whiteman and hopefully he can be more consistent. Napier is a, a constant factor for all things related with uh, unlocking this Milano season. Voidman is one of my favorite fours in the, the early, one of my favorite big men. He had incredible, he has incredible hands, his ability to space the floor, but he has the size and he knows how to use it. He's a very complete player and he's, he's a perfect player for the European basketball and for the EuroLeague basketball. I do hope he can be more consistent and he's uh, on his ideal role next season. And we were speaking about their big men and their front court. We were forgetting Voitman. It's another player to add so that already, already very complete front court. And I want to see what space and what role he will have, but I'm sure that he can add immensely to this this roster led by Ettore Messina. And we this episode, as we always do on this series of team recaps, by breaking down the team head coach this time around, Ettore Messina. The Italian coach has been named the early coach of the year in 2006 and in 2008, and he was the European coach of the year in 98. He won the EuroLeague in 98 and 2001 with Virtus Bologna, having later won the competition two more times in 2006 and 2008. It was with Virtus in 83 that Messina became head coach for the first time. He has led some European giants like Real Madrid and uh, was the Italian head coach between 93 and 97 and later between 2016 and 2017. It was after spending five seasons with the San Antonio Spurs during the 2014 and until 2019 that Messina arrived to Milano with the goal of bringing the club to domestic and to early glory. They are in the right path to do so. What balance do you make of this EuroLeague season by, by Coach Messina? Well, just like Milano's team, he was very inconsistent and in part uh, is because uh, obviously he wants to he wants a team that's physical and it's focused on defense and uh, to start the season they were really lacking that and I love the way that when they signed Napier, I loved, I loved the way that he was able to adapt his style as well and play a more offensive style with Napier leading the charge and I think that was uh, crucial in them turning around their, their season but uh, I think um, next year if they are able to, to have this group together again like I said before uh, and play this style of basketball from the jump while being so good defensively because they obviously have all the, the pieces to be a great defensive team again and with Shavon Shields being healthy uh, because obviously he missed most of last season due to injury so I think he's a big part of, of this team's struggles as well so if he is healthy and with the, the rest of the guys being there they are an amazing team and I think Messina can absolutely lead that group to to a Final Four possibly so we'll see what happens but uh, I just think overall uh, the team the players the coaches they just all have to be more consistent and try to make it work as much as possible uh, and not wait for things to be as bad as they were last year to, to click it and turn it around because they, they got to do it from the start because like we said uh, a lot of teams are so strong this year there's going to be a lot of contenders there's going to be a lot of playoff contenders so you can't afford to, to start off slow you, you gotta make a statement from the jump and if you're a team like Milano with veteran players and, and experienced guys you you have to make a statement from the jump and confirm to everybody that you are here to to compete at the highest level and I, I think they'll be, they will be able to do that and if there is a coach that will be able to to get Milano ready for that it's certainly a Messina. he's one of the best at coaching he's uh, an elite basketball coach and this Milano 
Toronto team, as you just mentioned, is one of the many contenders. And one of one of the fun things that will be to preview next EuroLeague season is the amount of contenders and the high-level teams. And uh, Milano is absolutely on that group. And it's a team that has high aspirations and legit aspirations. And I can see them achieving the, the top or fighting to achieve the top of the EuroLeague in the seasons to come. This takes us to the end of this uh, European Hoops podcast episode. We will be posting the last team recaps on the Mondays and Wednesdays. After that, we will start bringing you our World Cup preview and our World Cup coverage right before we ramp up to the start of the next EuroLeague season. So stick around and uh, we thank all of our listeners for the very positive feedback we have been receiving so far. Stick with us, grow with us and it has been a pleasure and it's a pleasure to, to continue to break down all of these EuroLeague teams with my co-host Dio Valen. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye guys. See you on next episode. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 